1: All Things Covered, listeners and viewers, once again, we back. My guy, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden. You guys know how we rock and roll. It's a great day to be alive. Every day is a great day to be alive. So, Pat P., let's take advantage of it. With that being said, you know what time it is. It's the first quarter of our show. It's time for the school. Check in. Saints recap coming back across the pond as they say it. Right, Pat P.? Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Across the pond, the, the guys are back home, back in the states. A uh, big opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, an opportunity to, to stack another win, and they were able to do so. The Saints recap the Vikings win, and a thriller to say the least. Game winning field goal 28 to 25. What was, hey, Eric, what was my, my score prediction? Do we have that? I forgot what I said. I
2: think you said I, it was 16.
1: It's 20 something to 16, right? I think so. I think I think I said something like 24-16, 23-16. But who cares what my prediction was? Well, you know what? Screw that. Yes, we got to care because I said the Vikings will win. And guess what? The Vikings did win. So, Pat P, man, you were there, had a front row seat for everything that took place on the football field. Tell us, what was the atmosphere like in London?
2: Man, the atmosphere was dope. It was pretty cool just to be, you know, playing across, like you said, playing across the pond, playing in front of the, the Euro fans. And uh, it was kind of like a mixed crowd. You know, there was, you know, cheering and booing. And it was kind of pretty cool because it was a mixed emotion in that game just as it was in the uh, in the stance as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and saying that, and seeing that it was a split crowd, there were a lot of Viking fans there. What was it like to see Skull Nation representing you guys?
2: I I wasn't surprised uh, to see the Skull Nation uh, come through. Um, you know, those guys are always on the road with us, no matter where we're playing, you know. So, you know, it, it's, it's always great to see your, your fans travel with you and, and the support that they're continuing to give us throughout the season. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, since the, the organization's been in existence, you know, they've got one of, the, you know, one of the better fan bases across the NFL for sure.
1: And Pat P., you had the, the opportunity to play, you know, across the pond, you know, a few times in your career. Is there any difference for you this particular experience with the Minnesota Vikings getting there later in the week than getting there earlier earlier in the week for prep?
2: I, I, I kind of like the way we did it, you know, this go around, going later in the, in the week, have an opportunity to have your give your body a, a quicker opportunity to turn around. And not really being, you know, on London time, but in your mind you're still on U.S. time, you know. So yeah, I thought it was good for us to go on the uh, on the later schedule. I thought our bodies turned over very uh, really well. Um, guys woke up very uh, rejuvenated, and ready to go. So uh, I'm more, uh, and plus we won, so <laughs> I'm more favorable to the uh, the late the later schedule for sure.
1: Well, what was the reaction uh, Sunday morning when you heard that? The inactors for the Saints included Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara.
2: Well, we kind of heard the news Saturday, you know, honestly. So we kind of knew going into the game that, you know, certain guys wasn't going to play Saturday at least. You know, it was always up in the air throughout the week, you know, hearing that the guys wasn't practicing, you know, so wasn't quite sure, you know, how, you know, what, which way it was going to go. And we know that those guys play a lot of ball, so don't really necessarily need. You know the practice time just make sure that they have you know their film study in and getting their looks you know on the practice field from the sideline as uh as much as possible but when we finally got the news you know the final final you know news that we're going to be playing against uh andy dalton kind of you know i not attitude but i want to say the game plan switch but you know uh it was a little different because Planning planning for Jamison, you know, you kind of saw some tendencies, some things that he liked to do, some of the shots he liked to take. You know, so he we we felt that, you know, the ball game was gonna be um highly in our favor of trying to cause turnovers. And we all know when Andy gets in the game, he's a guy that's gonna take what you give him. You know, he's not a constant mm-hmm. type quarterback um that Jameson is. So um, you know, he didn't really give us many opportunities. he, he did a good job of Putting the ball where it needed to be, um, you know. Of course, defensive line made a couple um, key key pressures to get the ball off, uh, get the ball off him uh, for a key turnover in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, try to make him as uncomfortable as possible. You know, if you go back and look at that game, as soon as he come off that back that back tick, as uh, Coach Ko talked about that back uh, that back uh, that back step, mm-hmm. um, third or fifth step, that ball is coming out. You know, so. He's a guy that he knew where, where he was going to the ball and trying to get, get it out of his hand quick as possible. Well, in regards
1: to the Saints defensively, man, your good friend, your homeboy, the Badger, Tyron Matthews, he showed that he still got a lot left in the tank with an outstanding, pretty interception. Uh, I don't know if you actually saw the play, but if you did, can you you know tell us a little bit about what you saw on that play that led to a nice interception by Tyron Matthews?
2: Yeah, I saw the play. I wasn't standing up on that particular play. Um, because I think it was early in the drive. So I had just sat down and it got like a drink, a drink of water um, or whatever. And I saw it on a big screen on a, uh, on the jumbo. And I think it looked like it was in a, in a, a cover too, if I'm not mistaken, because Irv kind of slipped from behind the corner um, up the sideline. I don't know you know, if Kurt thought he had him by himself, or he thought it was a zero. Um, I don't know if the case was there, but he made a great break on the ball. Um, by keeping the speed and balance, and um, getting his first interception, I just say.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful play. But luckily enough for the, for the Vikings, they were able to fight through that, and that turnover was just a turnover. It didn't help the Saints win anything because, of course, the Saints lost. Man, some somber news to say the least, Pat P. Man, how big of a blow was it to see rookie safety, first-rounder Lewis Seen, uh, who's been battling different injuries since being drafted, you know, but this one is clearly more serious, a compound fraction, man. How tough was it to see, uh seeing go through that injury?
2: It was very tough seeing Lewis on the ground, man. I knew it was pretty serious. Um, The length he was on the ground for, you know, Jen, then when they started, you know, asking, you know, to get the cart out and a couple of guys who was on the field saying that the injury was pretty bad, you know, I knew it was going to be uh, a long road of recovery for him. But, you know, Lewis, um, he has a good uh, supporting cast around him as far as the DBs here. Um, you know, and his family, you know, I know he has his family in this corner for sure. Um, it's just tough to see a young guy go down with that type of injury. But like I said, the supporting cast that he has around him, just going to have to make sure that he continues to keep the faith, continue to stay strong, and uh, understand that, you know, it's just a bump in the road. You know, it's a big bump in the road, but it's still a bump in the road that he can't overcome. And I definitely, definitely see him overcoming as well.
1: And one thing I don't like about the international play, right? It's great for the fans. It's great in globalizing the sport and trying to globalize the sport even more. But if something like this happened, he has to stay over there and get surgery. Yeah. That's the one thing. You know what I mean? You want to be in in your comfort zone as much as possible, right? You know what I mean? So is he back? here with you guys or is he still in london
2: um, i'm not sure you know i haven't i haven't heard anything or got any updates you know as far as the surgery or if he's still there all i know that he did had to have to get surgery there that's the only thing that i do know he
1: didn't fly back with you guys i know they made that known like instantly at the end of the game when we found out what the injury is but i mean that's that's tough you're in a foreign place you know what i mean dealing with doctors so you probably don't not you don't know right. you know what I mean and who knows how long you might have to be in that foreign place in a foreign atmosphere so that's something that clearly I think the NFL need to be mindful of let's talk about some exciting news with you guys you know it seems like every time there's a turnover Pat P you, you you're in the front of the pack you know when a defense force a turnover in this case you did you get a chance to pick up Chris Boyd's helmet and tell him to put it back on
2: He said did I get a chance to yeah <laughs> oh yeah I told him to put his helmet back on man <laughs> I put it back on for <laughs> uh,
1: exactly because you, do, you don't you don't want to have a great play and then get get hindered with a, a penalty because you know that's a that's a flag when you take your helmet
2: off. Got about fifteen yards, and especially the way that he threw it off. I was like, hey man, what you doing? Put your helmet back on. Man, that's fifteen yards.
1: <laughs> no question. No question. No question. How would you? How did you rate? Uh, how, how would you rate Alexander's Madison sip and teak
2: celebration? I thought it was dope because you know what's so crazy about that. Is I forgot to do that with Harrison Phillips because that's what we wanted to do. Well, I didn't let them know that this is what I wanted to do because I knew it was going to end up making the play. Have yeah. all as the uh, as the uh, as a kittle and everybody just hold their cups up and you know you just pour your hot water or whatever you get your tea bag you, you dip it <laughs> and pinkies up.
1: No question, no
2: question. I like I
1: like it. It, it was it was. It got to the point where you knew exactly what he was doing. You know what I mean? So I really like it on that end. Individually speaking, Pat P, man, the second half, man, they were throwing, they were coming at you. They were trying to give you some action. Can you break down your back-to-back PBUs in the second half?
2: Oh, uh, the first one, yeah, I think I was backside against uh, the very skillful tight end. I can't even remember his name. Um, But, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he was known as, you know, he was a converted He's a converted tight end, matter of fact. He was a receiver last year for I cannot remember his name right now. But anyway. Uh, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Uh, Jawan Johnson. Johnson. Jawan Johnson. Um, And we knew that in that personnel that they come out in, that they try to, you know, utilize him in the passing game. And they ran that route a couple times um, on tape, and I noticed it. It was like a little seven stop. I wish I just would have saw the ball a little earlier because I. Could have picked it. Without a it and I knew he had. And the reason I did knock it down because he already pretty much had position to secure the catch. So if I would have had, you know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have made no sense for me to come all the way back around and try to get my arms up, and he still got the ball. Now it's a tussling match, and you know the refs gonna give them the ball. Uh, now I'm trying out of ten, but I ended up making a uh a, a wise decision late by batting it down. Uh, and the second one, uh, third and four. Um, we was in a, a little squat technique, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was trying to bait him up into throwing the the five yard out because we know they like that chair concept, um, especially when the when the, when the ball is near me as far as on my hash. And the chair concept is number two running a five yard out, and number one pretty much running a a nine ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was supposed to get hands on it, but I was trying to bait Andy up into throwing that five yard out. But he ended up didn't he end up did not throw in the five yard because I I think he kind of saw me not, you know, moving mm-hmm. um, a good bit. Or I think he read the safety, if I'm not mistaken. So he obviously saw the safety go over the top. Um, didn't obviously knew it wasn't a man to man defense. Um, and then that's when he tried to fit it in the honey hole. And I made a play on that one as well.
1: No question. Big time plays. And, you know, you're getting closer and closer week by week. So we know that interception coming. Just be prepared to hold on to it, as I'm sure you will, based on your your ball skills that you have. You're gonna hold on to it, but try to get some yak. One thing you've emphasized to me on on past episodes that you know you you wanted to be a better tackler, and tell us about the open field tackler, shoestring tackle on a big back
2: in Latavius Murray. Man, um, yeah, that was definitely a point of emphasis for me coming into this season, um, just to. Um, just to tackle better. You know, I just feel like, you know, it's something I I necessarily didn't work on. I know it's a lost art, especially in the league, because it's something that we don't, you know, work on every single day, like you're in college, you know, you mm-hmm. every single day, you work in your form, you work in your tackle. So it's something that I just took upon myself to just really harp on, just on just being in a position, understanding, you know, how to tackle certain people in open an open space and with a guy like, um, like uh, uh the back who I had Lat- uh, latavius who uh, in open field you know he's six four two thirty coming I have no i had no choice but to tie a shoe because i didn't <laughs> I didn't want to end up on sports center or on the sideline uh or the Saints on uh, on that play
1: <laughs> no question no question. Hey, before we get to the end of the game, let's dive into a nice combo I know you're excited to have, and that's regarding PFF, right? Let's talk about PFF and the Grays. They've given our very own Pat Pete in four weeks of play. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this thing down week by week, right? It's four weeks already uh, that has been played. In week one, uh, I, I would assume this 55.8 rating defense, that's in total defense, I guess, they gave you a, that's overall defense. So overall defense, they gave you first week a 55.8. Run defense, they gave you an 80.9. Tackling, they gave you a 78.7. And coverage, they gave you a 50.5 coverage. So in week one, four receptions allowed on six targets for a total
2: of 51 yards. So week two, uh, they gave you a better grade. That's what gives me Five. Because I, I clearly was in cover two in a couple of those. I know exactly. In and, and, and week one? Right. But okay. It, but keep
1: going. Okay. So week two, they gave you a better overall defense grade, 63.5. Run defense, 75.3. Tackling, it went down, based on their rating, 52.6. Coverage, it went up to 59.6. One reception allowed on one target for 13 yards. So you only you got targeted once, you allowed one reception. Week three, Overall defense uh, grade of 63.8, run defense 62.6, tackling went all the way up to 78.7, coverage increased to 63.6. One reception allowed on seven targets for 23 yards. So they targeted you one, seven times, you allowed one. And this pass ball game against the Saints, uh, mm-hmm. your best defensive overall grade thus far, 72.4, your run defense 64.2, tackling 76. 0. .6 coverage increased as well 72.6 three receptions allowed on six targets for 33 yards so so far this season on 20 targets pat p has allowed nine receptions for 120 yards zero touchdowns a passer rating of 64.6 when targeted so you're the you're rated as the 40th graded corner you're rated as the 10th uh cornerback for run defense you're rated 32 uh, in tackling, and you rated seventy nine cornerback for coverage grade. Notable others on this list for overall cornerback play: Denzel Ward is at ninety three, Marshawn Lattimore is at eighty seven, AJ Terrell is at forty six, Marlon Humphrey's at thirty eight. All right, what did they get wrong, Pat P? <laughs> I
2: don't know what I won't necessarily got. I won't necessarily say they got. I just want to know what's the grading process like. How, like for 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 an example you give a one 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 reception on seven targets 23 yards that's again i had two PBUs. yep as my coverage rating was 63.
1: I mean you only give it one reception. I I would think
2: seven yard, out of seven out of seven targets.
1: Out of seven targets, you only give it one for 23 yards. I would think that would be higher than 63, right? On, on a grading that. scale of 100.
2: And on top of that, two of those PBUs was on third downs. Which is huge. So I, I just want to know how they go about the grading. I, I don't have a problem with it. I just my biggest thing is how do you go about the grading? And <clears throat> going back on week on week one. Like how can you say I gave up four reception and my coach said I gave up two, and the other two was on on in in, in a cover two, mm-hmm. that's not my responsibility. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So I I just want to, and and last week from my knowledge I gave up two catches. I don't know where the third one came from. I gave up the four the fourth down and I gave up the one to um to uh. Uh, to, to 12 across the middle. I don't know where the third catch came from. Yeah, they say you gave a
1: three on, three receptions on six targets.
2: That's what I saw. So they, they must be talking about the, uh, the Latavius tackle because I was in that space. That was, that's, that's a whole running back. That's, that's the only- a, yeah.
1: the pass And I you can, weren't playing man-to-man on the running back.
2: Right, and that's the only other pass I can think of that I had to tackle. Cause I had three tackles.
1: Mm. So, I don't know. I just, where do you think you should be graded higher?
2: Um, my overall, especially in a couple of, in, 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 a, in a couple of in, in a couple of those games, for sure. Like even I, we can even go back to Justin. Justin just had last week, he got an overall grade of a 69. This dude mm-hmm. had a 10 catches for 147 yards. Th- three yeah. catches plus 20. And a rushing in t- a rushing t- uh touchdown. How is that a 69 overall? Jordan for, uh uh Jordan Hicks, one of the leaders, uh, one of the stars of our defense, Has tackling machine, tackling machine. He gets a grade of a fifty-three. That's felon, right? Mm-hmm. That's ah. what I'm trying to figure out. Like, where are they get, how are they grading? Like, what is the grading system? Yeah, I see that you got run defense. I see you got tackling. I see you got all of this. Like, but what goes like? So you're saying if it's a run play. Right, and the guy, um, he doesn't. You he doesn't hit his gap. Are you taking a? Are you are you are, are you taking a minus on that? How do yeah. you know the responsibility he got? You're not even his
1: coach. That's the thing. That's and I was going to ask you. You know what bothers you the most? You know what I mean. Kind of. You kind of answered that question also. And do you have an issue with the way the fans or the media use these stats sometimes to? I don't know about uh, it. Label a player, the way GMs use these stats when it comes to free agency, all of that, right? That that you feel some type of way, right?
2: No doubt about it. Because last time I checked, I, I grade out on average an 89. Mm-hmm. On average. And that's from my from your coach. coach. That's from your coach. Who knows the game, who know what responsibility they am in, who know when I should who when I should win this route, you know what I mean? Who knows the ins and out of the game. Yeah. My first week. Week one, I graded a Mm ninety-two. Week two, I graded an eighty. I think an eighty, an eighty-seven because I missed a couple. uh, I think I missed one tackle in that game because my coaches.
1: Well, week one from PFF, they gave you a fifty-five.
2: Right, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's a whole thirty percent off.
1: No question. No question. Hey, Pat P, do you think there's any chance they knock your grades personally because you speak out against them?
2: Yeah, at this point, I don't even care. I just wanted to be done right. I'm sure other guys won't. Saying the same things, I just want—I I just have questions on how are they grading. I'm not knocking the the the, the pro foot the pro football focus because everybody you just,
1: wants, you just want you want clarity on yes, how they are grading people.
2: Like you just alluded to, everybody look at this as the Bible. GMs are looking at oh, let's see how pro football focus rate this guy in free agency, yeah. then how we want to pay him or how we want to go about our business, which yeah. I don't. Is a right if you're gonna put something out, let's put it out the right way, or put at least have some people that have some knowledge of schemes, knowing what certain players have to do, be in a graded process.
1: And and, and talking about your teammate Justin Jefferson, uh, PFF they have him ranked the 34th best wide receiver this season.
2: 34. He had a couple, we had a what two quiet weeks. Too quite, I think, yeah, week two and week three. But I don't think he's the 34th best receiver in
1: the game. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you were to ask, so ask 10 football fans team that team question, team all 10 would, team would team say he's not the 34th team. best wide receiver.
2: Over Justin right now Say it again? You gonna tell? You, you mean to just tell me you're going to take 33 other receivers over Justin right No, now?
1: you're not doing that. <laughs> you're not doing that. And for the people that probably came up with that ranking – for PFF, I'm pretty sure they play fantasy football. They won't take 33 wide receivers over them, over Justin to be on their fantasy team. Right. <laughs> right? So so I don't, but like you said, it's more about getting clarity on what they're grading, how they're coming up with their grades, how they're understanding and knowing the scheme of things from both sides of the football to be able to give the best sound uh, uh, honest grade as possible. But hey, Pat P, at least they're saying Overall, they have you the 40th graded corner in the college, in not college football, in the NFL right now. So, I mean, absolutely, uh, I'm trending. And and they got Denzel, they got Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore, who been in his bag. He 87. AJ Terrell, who's been in his bag. He's 46. Friend of the show had him on the show uh, some months ago. So, hey, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of other players, current players, have the same concerns, questions that you have, Pat Pete. But with that being said, let's see exactly what they have for next week and the week after that. And we will continue to mo- monitor this, too, as well, PFF. So don't 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 think we just was and done. We're going to keep paying attention, see what you guys are doing. But let's get back to the game, Pat P. What type of resilience did the team show after it was tied up? 25 to take the lead again late in the fourth quarter.
2: Man, this team, you know, a lot of the guys who've been on this team, we've seen it all, you know, especially yeah. – of the guys who's coming back from last year's team so at this point you know we're just we're just sticking in there man until the end you know we're never never feel like we're in a bad situation you know what I mean we're just we just have to execute and do our part you know do our part we have a pretty good opportunity of uh coming out on top
1: yeah and And one thing I like though games like this past Sunday if this was a year ago you lose that ball game
2: no doubt about it, and breaks are definitely starting to fall our way, mm-hmm. uh, which we can appreciate. Um, but you know, we at the same time, you know, we have to take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, we, we can't. You know, it can be. This can be those type of games, like you said. We look back on and be like, man, you remember the double joint? Or mm-hmm. man, you, remember, uh, you know, late wheels down ten with five to go against Detroit. You know what I mean? So you know, these are the type of memories that you know. Hopefully, you know, we are going to be able to cherish them, but we'll be able to tell them, you know, coming back, you know, 25 years from now with that purple jacket on as, you know, possibly one of the greatest teams to play in a Minnesota Viking uniform. No question. Well, hey, y'all in the Super Bowl, y'all would be considered the greatest team to ever do so. Because last
1: time I checked, Vikings don't have a Super Bowl, right? sure. They've been to a lot of them. They don't have So you can make if you can get that done. Ain't no, there's no if ands or buts. You will get a purple jacket. Last question for you before we transition to our break and get ready for this Bears preview: Is your guy Kirk Cousins getting better at the gritty?
2: (laughs) Oh, it didn't look too good. (laughs) Look too good, Matt.
1: Hey, he's trying. He's trying, he's trying. He is trying. We got to give him credit where credit yeah. is, is yeah. due. He is trying. That's the most important thing. Yeah, he's definitely doing that. No question, no question. Well, ladies and gents, we're going to take a quick little time out, regroup, go over some schemes. And when we come back, it's time to tap in and get ready for what's up coming for the Vikings. Guess what? Another divisional game. The Chicago Bears up next. Pat P, your next opponent is opponent is a, a team you know very, very well playing in your division. This is a very, very important game. It's important for a few reasons. Number one, it's an NA, NFC North opponent. You guys have an opportunity, already having two games in your hand out of the way, all victories, by the way, to, gl- to get another win within a division. And we know how important winning your division games is when it comes to trying to get that championship crown at the end of the year. In your division, you're playing against the Chicago Bears, but before we tap into the Bears, is it weird to go out of the country to London and not have a bye week so you got to get right back into the flow of things and get ready for another opponent? I love it. You like it? Tell us why.
2: Hey, man, that iron hot right now, Matt. (laughs) That iron hot, man. We might as well just keep on rolling, man. Keep on rolling. We got a bye week here in two weeks. We got some, uh, you know, like you said, a, a good task in front of us facing a divisional opponent then we got to travel down to uh, sunny south florida next week then we're gonna have that bye to have an opportunity to regroup then get back going but you know right now the way you know that the momentum and the way the confidence is building with the team let's keep it rolling
1: yeah and how do you approach a game like this in regards to you know your db being a db versus an opponent that throws the ball at a historically low rate. I mean, we're not seeing a lot of passes from the Bears. The Bears are off to one of the worst passing starts this century. Their 67 pass attempts are the fewest by any team through four four games since the 1982 Patriots. And I saw a stat today. Cooper Cup has more receptions than Justin – not Justin Jefferson. uh, Justin Fields has as uh, completions. Wow. Like, like like Justin Jefferson has 28 receptions. The Bears team has 34 and they only have 471 yards as a team receiving yards. Justin Jefferson has 393, two touchdowns tied to two touchdowns. So yes, Cooper cup has more receptions than Justin Fields has completions. So long story short, their passing game has been out. Of whack. So I'll ask you this question: Seeing that this team has been consistently bad in throwing the football, is there any added added pressure for you guys, especially in the back end, to keep that trend
2: going? Um, not really. Just watching them on tape, it's just they really lean on the run. <laughs> like they, mm-hmm. I was just watching them against uh, well, the first game against Green Bay. I saw that game live on Monday night. And he just—they committed to the run. They had some big runs, but they were just committed to the run, man. I don't know if it's, you know, the passing scheme is not set up for uh, Justin Fields at all. Um, I don't know if it's if it's if, if it's not slowing down for him just yet. Um, I know I know one thing—he definitely holds on hold on to the ball a very very mm-hmm. time when he when he do drop back and pass. So I don't know if it's a trust factor, you know. So it's a lot of things that can go uh, into the. Into the factor why they only thrown the ball sixty-seven times, which is like you said, mind-boggling. But I don't believe there's no added pressure on the on the back end. As long as we still continue to take away those big, uh, those, big those big plays, you know, when they do want to, uh, you know, play action and boot them and put them on a, on a move and things like that, put those guys in predictable uh, situations. Make sure we stop the run. That's that's going to be very key in this in this in this ball game because these guys are going to heavily rely on the run game. So if we do those things, you know, it can be a, hopefully another, you know, another, another 22, 17, 17 day.
1: <laughs> and, and no question. And most importantly too, I mean, you're three and one right now. Just think about how this season has been night and day for our fans watching us and listening to us. Cause remember last year, I can't remember you guys were in your first four games, but I don't think you were three and one. I know that for sure. We had already experienced.
2: Maybe, maybe two and Two and two,
1: maybe? Got to be two and two. I don't think you were three and one one and three. But clearly, this is a better start, another opportunity to play against a team that, you know, you got to take care of. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And I think that's where it all lies uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. A crazy stat in regards to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings haven't been called for an offensive holding, DPI, face mask, unnecessary roughness, or rough in the passer yet this season. How does that happen, Pat P.?
2: Man, we just a clean football team, man. We don't beat ourselves, man. We just, so far, just been a very, very smart football team in all phases. Two-minute warnings, uh, special teams, you know, offense. You know, I know K.O.'s are preaching about getting better in the red zone, but other than that, those guys are clicking on all cylinders. You know, defense, you know, we want to continue doing a better job of just slowing down the run and keeping guys out of the end zone when they get in the red zone. But you know, for the most part, just being just a clean, physical football team, man. And that's one thing that Ko will always harp on, um, um, going into each and every game. You know, making sure that we're not beating ourselves, and that's one element, that's one box that we can check off for sure. That you know, we're not out there, you know, putting ourselves in harm's way by racking up penalty yard yardage on the um, on the stat sheet. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what time it is. It's prediction time, right? Playing against an offense that has been one-dimensional, haven't really thrown the football a lot. I don't know if you guys will get an opportunity to catch any passes as a defender because they don't throw the football a lot. But with that being said, I got to give a score prediction of 23 to 13 Vikings win. Vikings go on to advance to be four and one, which is really good because last year we got the we got the record. In the first four ball games, you guys were one and three, and yep. you went off to win two straight and you became three and three. So this is the opportunity for the Vikings to get to jump to, to, to four and one. So for all you listeners and viewers, man, especially in our comments on YouTube, let us know what your prediction would be for this game. Let's see who comes up to be the closest. That, let's, let's do that. Let's play that little that little guessing game. See if we can have the closest prediction score, uh, predicting the score for this Sunday's ballgame. At home, it's another home affair. So make sure Viking Nation, man, score Nation, make sure you're there to support. And let's get this 23-13 to 13 victory in favor of the Vikings. Pat P, it's time to tap into around the league. It's not a lot that we need to discuss. It's one specific topic I want to go over with you. Tua Tonga Valor, right? I know you heard he Mm. went to sleep kinda on Sunday, went out for a few ball games, for a few plays, came back in against the Buffalo Bills, played, played on Thursday, went, got concussed again, and now it's a big deal. All right. So, of course, personal question for you, understanding and knowing how the NFL, they try to police concussions. What are your thoughts on Tua Tungvaluah, the situation in the league's concussion protocols as it stands today?
2: My only thing is, how did they get it wrong? How did they get this wrong? Because you got an independent consultant and you have obviously the team consultant. Everybody in the world saw that that man was concussed. Sunday, they played the Buffalo Bills. You can't tell me that his back and his ankle gave out. <clears throat> First of all, I that's the thing. I ain't never seen nobody back give out before. On have you?
1: I never seen somebody back give out that their stumbling. Number one, I never seen somebody have a back issue, but when they get up, they're shaking their head because they're trying to kind of get themselves together.
2: Time I did see somebody back gave in is when they got something on their back. <laughs> so, That's the thing. Like right. what a- from the from the, from the, the get go, he was concussed. So yes, that means they didn't run the test. That's the only thing I can come to, to conclusion. They did not run no concussion protocol. So this
1: is my theory on it. Last Sunday was a huge game for Miami. At that time, they had an opportunity to improve to being 3-0. They haven't been 3-0 in a long, long time. They're playing against a team in the division, in the Buffalo Bills. It was a big game for Miami. When yeah. Tua went down, when it looked like he was concussed, they probably felt, granted, it was still time left in that ballgame, Pat P. If he goes out and he, and he is now out for the remaining remainder of this game, you don't set a chance of winning. So we got to find a way to get this man back in the game. So what we're going to do is, like you said, they might have not properly gave the protocols how it was supposed to have been done, but somehow or another he quote unquote passed the protocols to return to the ball game, which is mind boggling because nowadays even when a player looks like he's dazed, they take his helmet.
2: No doubt about it. They, and honestly, they don't even they they don't even ask you. <laughs> you are back in? The, they not even asking you. They running the car. They run in the. They doing their tests you know they asking you all type of questions because I had a concussion before in 2014, if I'm not mistaken against Philadelphia Eagles um, And yeah, they run through they run you through all these balance tests, you know to make mm-hmm. sure your uh, leg, uh, one leg, eyes closed, this that and the other reciting months backwards, uh, all type of stuff. So um I just I, I, if he passed that, that's i mean kudos to him but he <laughs> definitely was concussed and, yeah. and no way yeah. around that Ain't no way around that
1: yeah and i think understanding and seeing now that the nflpa number one i think the nflpa they they did not hold the rope they should have launched an investigation after sunday's game no. that's when they should have launched an investigation huh who,
2: who's the doctor or uh, huh? who's the, uh, who the consultant no nobody's still I, I,
1: an independent consultant but for the NFLPA to launch an investigation after Thursday game, it's too late. You should have did that Sunday. You should have figured out why this man looked like he was dazed, right? His, he was off, couldn't really run, but how did he return back to the ballgame? The job for the NFLPA is to protect the players. I think they did. They dropped the ball in trying to protect to a tongue of our Lord and then launched an investigation after Thursday. Heck, the damage was already done. He shouldn't have played Thursday.
2: No doubt about it. And I, we need to find out who the doctor is, man. Who the, who the guy is.
1: Well, whoever the independent doctor, you know, they're gonna fall on the sword. Because <laughs> they're independent, they're not necessarily tied to the yeah. NFL. Yeah. True. So and that's why they're saying they're gonna now change the concussion protocols, basically saying it weren't good enough. So that's why this mishap happened. So now we're gonna put something else in place that we can make sure that it was good. No, the, the protocols is good, you just didn't do them.
2: Yeah, I oh, don't yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if he, if they took the test, if he passed the test, all of that, but that dude was concussed. I don't care what nobody said.
1: It don't take a rocket science to know, like you said, that man was concussed, Pat P. Concussed, man. That man was concussed. We and, know that for
2: sure. And like you said, like, you know, obviously, you know, the Dolphins seeing the position they was in, playing the Buffalo Bills, the opposition in the, uh, in, in the division, First time to go three and Rodney Harrison hit it on the head, man. Mm-hmm. He hit it on, the, and your health is way more worth than the damn W of fighting to, to try to try to play the next play because that next play could possibly be your last. Like, why right. want to put yourself the, the strongest mind? I mean, the strongest muscle in your body, the best muscle in your body, be at fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Versus at 100%. I no just, question. So life is much longer, way longer than football. And I I want guys to be able to enjoy after because that's when life really begins. You don't have to worry about no damn meetings. You got to <laughs> waking up in the morning. You can enjoy your life. And why not enjoy your life with your full senses?
1: Hey, well said. Well said. And we know one thing about the game of football. Sometimes players won't protect themselves. So that's why we got people in place that that are supposed to protect the players. We just didn't see that this past uh, weekend and past Thursday, last Thursday. And hopefully we see a better progress in place moving forward. Pat P, we know you got to get prepared for this upcoming ball game. Another outstanding opportunity to show how great you are and your team, how great the team is as well. Division of four, Chicago Bears will be coming to Minnesota. Minnesota currently one in three. I mean, I'm sorry. Three and one, let me make sure I get that record right. A lot at stake, another division game and trying to improve to be four and one and continuing to stack these victories because that's all that matters, trying to get to that NFC North Championship crown. Pat P, go out and go, go get you one, man. Fall into a pick, man. This is, Let one hit you dead in the chest. Boom. <laughs> hey man, let's get this four and one going.
2: Yes sir, let's get it.